and it's worth the watch because even though the exposed things have always found with the CBC, they also cover up or mislead you. They, they waylay you off in a different direction with some of the answers that they give you. But the statistics that they gave out were accurate statistics. And what it shows you is the male sperm count since the last 50 years has plummeted from 80 million per millimeter and has been re-standardized four or five times by the World Health Organization. They're thinking of dropping it to 10 million per millimeter. We're almost extinct. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Before the break, I was discussing the CBC documentary called The Disappearing Male. And they did talk to different scientists who came out quite bluntly and said, this are, these are the signs that you see in a species which is going extinct. And then they went into the, the various plastics that are have been promoted and rubbers have been promoted to substitute for breast milk, baby's bottles, and cosmetics. All the same stuff is in cosmetics and in the various plastics they use, which all attack the male in the womb at around seven weeks gestation. This causes them to have malformations in the genitalia and also cause them to have incredible amounts of babies being born with undescended testicles and that in turn gives a greater chance to testicular cancer down the road. But what was also amazing was how, how they've known this all along. And I've said before they knew in the 1930s of what these particular chemicals did to the male. And yet since the 50s onwards it was pretty well mandated that these particular liners or plastics or the rubber teeth they put on the bottle and so on, and even the plastic bottles would be used when they knew the effects on, on the male especially. Now, most folk will always go along, just like the CBC documentary did, with how could this happen? And how could it be allowed to happen? As I say, the sperm count has dropped from 80 million sperm, healthy sperm, per milliliter. And the World Health Organization has lowered it and given new normals for the world three or four times already. Now they're dropping it to 10 million per milliliter, which is almost completely infertile. And what they found out of that 10 million, 85% of the sperm is malformed. It's of no use and low motility. Can't get to the target. It's just astonishing. And then when you really tie things together and you talk, as I have done in the past, about big players who worked fervently their whole lives long for the dominant minority such as Lord Bertrand Russell and others with their world meetings.
held meetings with very important, very wealthy people that run the big foundations, that run the treasuries of the world, the moneyed system. Their biggest problem was overpopulation by the lower classes. And Russell talked and wrote about the necessity of finding ways to eliminate what he called the uncouth, the degenerate class. When you see this kind of thing happening and the male fertility plummeting, this is no mistake because you can understand every chemical that's produced, even in the 1800s when they first produced the first particular plastic that's so harmful. The first ones in to test it are the military-industrial complex. And yes, it was well established in the 1800s too and long before. Because most people think of wars as two armies with flags all yelling at each other and then they run at each other and kill each other. And then they count their dead and they count their living and the one with most men standing ends up being the winner. That's not how wars truly are fought. Most wars are covert wars. You can never tell your enemy what you're doing to them. And this war against the people has been going on and has been well-funded and well-planned and well-documented by those who are involved in the setting up of the system. And they will never come out and tell you that this is deliberate because we'd have to lynch them. You can't compromise with these people who are so adamant in their opinions and their fixed eugenical ideas. There's no compromise with them. And they haven't sat on their hands after writing out their wish lists and had many, many global meetings about reducing the population. They actually put it into effect. As I say, watch the documentary and hear for yourself. The various experts and other wildlife too. And they say these are the signs of a species going extinct. Now, how wonderful this will be for those who plan to bring in the new types of humans, the, the new improved variety, the better servants, the ones where they won't have testosterone to cause problems and fight back. Because they're bringing in designer babies, you see. How perfectly everything slots together, doesn't it? When you stand back and do some thinking and a lot of studying and a lot of history. It's just so perfect. I mean, for instance, why can't they give you something that would increase your testosterone level? How come everything ends up debilitating the male and reducing him? And in that documentary, you'll actually see how the penis size has been shrinking for 50 years as the sperm count is plummeting. And they said, many of the baby boys now, that their testicles start to ascend back up into the abdomen. And then the atrophy. They're being, they're being turned into females. And this, they've had world meetings on this. They had world meetings on Sarnia, Ontario, where they found out that the big petrochemical businesses that pump out their fumes into the air over primarily Indian reservations, 40% of all the births of males are stillborn. And they know what's causing it. 
And now again, the massive decline in testosterone and the feminization of the male, who were pretty well sterile. They used to, 12 years ago, they said in documentary, they used to be taking teenagers from college and do sperm samples on them. This is across the country. Now they're lucky to get two or three out of ten that has sperm that is capable of fertilizing an ovum. An 18-year-old young man. This has been common knowledge for years and years and years. And as I say, 85% of the sperm they do have is useless. This article slots right in with it. And it's called Designer Babies Creating the Perfect Child. This article here is from CNN, uh, London, England. It says, bring your partner, grab a seat, pick up your baby catalog, and start choosing. Would you be comfortable selecting what cosmetic features you want your baby to have? Would you be comfortable selecting what cosmetic Then it says, will you go for the brown hair or blonde? Would you prefer tall or short, funny or clever, girl or boy? And do you want them to be a muscle-bound sports hero or a slender and intelligent bookworm? When you're done selecting, head to the counter and it's time to start creating your new child. Does this sound scary, I thought? With rapid advances in scientific knowledge of the human genome, and an increasing ability to modify and change genes, this scenario of designing your baby could well be possible in the near future. Well, actually, it's happening. It's been happening for years, actually, for the very wealthy. I know it's amazing, too, they can design children from scratch. But for 50 years or more, they've been making men infertile. And they just can't quite figure out why. You don't suddenly have changes like this in 50 years. And it's more than half in the last 10 or 12, but at the same amount of time they've been spraying us constantly from the skies even. To continue with this article, techniques of genetic screening are already being used, whereby embryos can be selected by sex and checked for certain disease-bearing genes. In other words, designer baby, you see. And this is what they're telling the public, because what they'll get is an unknown package. Only those who design it will really know what to put in to that egg, you see. Techniques of genetic screening are already being used whereby embryos can be selected by sex and checked for certain disease-bearing genes. This can lead to either the termination of a pregnancy, and many of those who are terminated, by the way, are false ones for Down syndrome, but they don't like to publicize that much. Or if analyzed at a pre-implantation stage when using in vitro fertilization, can enable the pregnancy to be created using only non-disease-bearing genes. I have mentioned the movie before, Gattaca, where they show you this new type of genetically enhanced humans who have the better jobs. It creates a new class distinction. Very good movie to watch, Gattaca. Again, predictive programming. These guys have no great imaginations. They're told what the agenda is and they belong to the futurist society. British scientists last week developed a genetic MOT test, which offers a universal method of screening embryos for diseases 
using a new technique of cario mapping, which is more efficient than previous processes. The test would be taken on a two-day-old IVF embryo and is yet to be validated, but it could mark a significant change, allowing doctors to screen for genetic combinations that create higher risks of diabetes, heart disease, or cancer. And I really don't believe that thing they tell us, to be honest, as I say, they have other things in mind. When you order, when you order the sperm in, you have no idea what they've really done to it. And women are doing this. They're ordering sperm. And they dictate, just like, like a pair of curtains, how long it should be, short, background, etc. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt, and we are cutting through the matrix, this big perception alteration system in which we live. And that's what it all is. It's perceptions, how you're given your perceptions. Remember what Russell and Kostler and, and many others have said about giving you perceptions, altering your perceptions, giving you your opinions. And it's sadly true. Most folk never really come through reasoning to an opinion of their own, but they adopt the ones that they hear on television by generally the two experts who are opposing each other. They take this one or that one, and that becomes, that's good enough for you. That's how it's done. Very simple. Experts, a world run by experts, and you can't think without an expert's opinion. Well, these same experts, as I say, can create brand new human beings, supposedly, they're telling us, but they can't find out why their own professions have allowed the male populations to become pretty well infertile over the last 50 years. 50 years, the same time as Russell is talking about using the needle and other methods of making a docile, reduced population. And we see the effects all around us. Infertility clinics are blossoming as one of the growth industries. And it's mainly the male who has been severely attacked. You see, watch that CBC documentary. Even there's a few spins in it, of course. They even talk about global warming and so on. But cut through and grab the facts and start thinking for yourself because it's all around you. And your children have had war declared on them. Total war declared on them. It takes me back to the League of Nations when they talked about the worst enemy they had was the average male back at the end of World War I because the average male then would fight for his rights. He would fight. He had gohonas. Well, they've seen to that, you see. When you have all these big organizations saying they'd have to attack the male, you get a passive population. Arthur Kessler said the same thing when he worked for the United Nations. In his book, The Ghost in the Machine, you'd have to eradicate that part that gave you your individuality, but he was talking mainly about the male. In fact, all of the oppositions they've had towards their Brave New World scenario used to come pretty well from the male. And it's dying off because the males themselves, the real males, are dying off too. Getting back to this article, about them creating 
the designer babies. They can do that without a problem. It says experts estimate the test, if licensed by the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority, see you have an authority. This is going to be the authority that will allow certain people to breed and other ones not to breed. You're in the middle of the eugenics scheme. You're living in it. It's already here. And this, could, this test could be available for around $3,000. In the future, we may also be able to cure genetic diseases. Well, that's been the hogwash that they sold the public on when they first went in to genetic engineering. When I was a child, we're talking about this upcoming gene process that used eventually when they discovered the genes and so on. They didn't know it was there supposedly, even though there was authors writing about it in the 1920s. They knew it was there all right. They knew. They had it all mapped out long ago. But that was a hogwash who sold the public. We're doing all this experimentation on animals and humans to cure people. We, we worry about people who are sick. We can't sleep right because of the poor sick people. But we haven't seen a single cure yet for the ordinary people. I'll add that latter part because the ordinary person is not going to get it. We're still getting antique medication at the bottom level. To continue here, furthermore, the developing technologies of genetic alteration open up a whole new set of possibilities which could result in so-called designer babies. The end thing, isn't it? The technique known as inheritable genetic modification modifies genes in eggs, sperm, or early embryos and results in the altered genes being passed on to future generations. Then it says, should parents be allowed to create their babies? Well, that takes me right back again to Mr. Lord Bertrand Russell, who, amongst others, said, it's a pity we just can't take every woman in, say, Britain or Europe and force her to be impregnated by a member, like himself, of the nobility. Then they can ensure they, can ensure they could eradicate the primitive genes of the lower classes. And out of that statement, in his prattle about that whole topic, came The Handmaid's Tale, the book. I think they made a movie out of it, too, and many others. These guys are dead serious. But of course, we never believed that, because we would never think of doing that to an entire population, would we? But psychopaths hide behind that. They know how you think. That's why they get away with it. It says here, this could potentially irreversibly alter the human species. Well, that's exactly what they want, isn't it? Designer babies. Passive, obedient, better workers. Let's say, so the obvious questions arise, should we be doing this? Some countries have made genetic screening or alteration illegal by a law, and the ethical questions surrounding the uses of the technology are vast, creating a palpable tension over the subject. Well, no kidding. So, that's where we're heading, into the agenda. The agenda is not set back. It's steamrolling ahead on time, on cue. Intergenerational planning pays off. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
called Domo and Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, trying to get people to think and do some research themselves and come to their own conclusions about things because time truly is running out. I've heard this nonsense for years. Oh, they're behind schedule in this, this particular part of the agenda or that particular. No, they're not. They're not behind on anything. They're dead on target. Why? Because they have a dumb, dumbed down, brainwashed, indoctrinated, injected, poisoned population. Because not only the sperm count has been reclassified, so it's almost zilch, so is the IQ level. They officially lowered it as a new normal. Not bad, eh? Total warfare. Total warfare. To continue with this article before I go into the callers, it says, In September, Internet giants Google and Microsoft withdrew adverts for sex selection products and other services considered illegal in India when they were threatened with legal action. The Center for Genetics and Society is trying to encourage debate on the topic. You know, that would be run by the geneticists themselves. They call them bioethicists now. Executive Director of the organization Richard Hayes told CNN that the general public of most most countries was missing out on taking part in the debates. Well, of course, we're not even consulted. We're too busy being entertained with comedies and nonsense like that and trivia from Hollywood. It says the debate has taken place among scientists and science journalists, but average people feel overwhelmed with the technical detail. They feel disempowered. No kidding. Hayes said his organization supported the use of embryo screening to help prevent the passing on of serious diseases. So there's a real function, you see, of this association. It's not to encourage debate. It's to give the opinions once again and get them into law to see who breeds and who does not breed. Because they claim here they're going to try and prevent the passing on of serious diseases and disorders like cystic fibrosis, but is wary of other technologies and how genetic screening and alteration can be misused. No kidding. No kidding. Zeke Heil, the Superman, comes and minus a brain. We support the use of that to allow couples to risk to have healthy children. I don't know how they word this stuff. But for non-medical cosmetic purposes, we believe this would undermine humanity and create a techno-eugenic rat race, he has said. Well, that's the agenda. He said there were immense amounts of resources being poured into developing gene-altering techniques. Here, darn right there are. Happy for a long time. And no laws in many countries to stop them from starting clinics that could offer selected cosmetic traits. As technology advances, it is possible that any number of human characteristics in part influenced by genes could come under human control. Right now, now there's an enormous amount of research being conducted to correlate specific genes with specific characteristics. Well, that's all been done. The three levels of science, you see. Professors down is the bottom level. They don't know what the middle or the upper part have already done. That's why it's called research. You're doing it again. One of the organizations researching genetic alteration is the University of California's Irvin Sue and Bill Gross Stem Cell Research Center, Professor of Biology, Chemistry and Developmental and Cell Biology and Co-Director of the Center, Peter Donovan, feels the research could have massive benefits. Oh, yeah, we'd all be sterile, stupid, and a brand new species. They'll have massive benefits. Well, who benefits? Who benefits? Even the Romans asked that with everything that happened. After
team discovered a greatly improved method for genetically manipulating human embryonic stem cells earlier this year, Donovan said. The ability to generate large quantities of cells with altered genes opens the door to new research into many devastating disorders. Not only will it allow us to study diseases more in-depth, it could also be a key step in the successful development of future stem cell therapies, Donovan says. Well, getting back to Russell and his ilk, his kin, his particular kin, his own type, when they said they'd have to eradicate, you know, the primitive base types of humans, as I say, they've already been at it. They must kill off the old man to bring in the new. And they're going to call this the great leap forward. And it's not to benefit the general public whatsoever. It's to bring in a new type of servant class, a much more reduced population. They've already talked about the ability, using drugs and genetic alteration, to do with, with the need to sleep, for instance. You could work 24 hours a day and never complain because you wouldn't have the ability to think of yourself as an individual. And if you can't do that, you won't know you're suffering. It's rather perfect, isn't it? It's been done. It's been done. And that's the sad truth. But meanwhile, because we live in this egocentric system, again, something that Bertrand Russell encouraged, the average person won't know it's hit them till they see their own health go down the drain or they try and have children themselves. As I say, it's the biggest growth industry in the Americas and in Europe in fertility clinics. Now we'll go to the, the phones now. I've got Tom in Massachusetts. Are you there, Tom? How are you, Alan? How are you? Okay, and you? I'm not bad. I had a, a severe journey into town there, and I, I stopped for a coffee in the mall, and lo and behold, I think every old-age home had turned out every elderly person to get a free flu shot. That, so that put me off buying the coffee uh, as they coughed and spluttered all over the place. Uh, and I just shook my head, and I thought, my God, you know, we have a trained, dumbed-down, stupid society that are literally marching to the grave because they believe everything they're told. Right. I noticed on your site it says that uh, getting through the matrix is Monday through Friday. Have you changed to going every night now? Well, you see, when you, you don't get the money coming in, and I don't charge for podcasts and all the rest of it, I thought, well, what's the most suicidal thing you can do? I thought, well, it's always the unexpected, so I'll try five nights a week, and I'll see what happens, and get as much info out as possible if need be. Right. And if I think that... um. I'm not going to support myself at all, then I'll just pack it in and, and start earning money. Uh, if that happens, would you make any type of uh, posting so far as a schedule of uh, appearances you'd be making, I guess, up in Canada somewhere or what? Yes, I could do that. Yeah. Well, that'd be great. I had a question for you. Um, <clears throat> on YouTube, a couple of comments were made um, by Senator Joe Biden and Colin Powell regarding the president-elect that we have now, uh, Obama. Uh, saying that uh, he will be uh, tested by an international crisis, and uh, Biden went out of his way to, to state emphatically, mark my words, mark my words, that this will come to pass. So have you got any comment on about that? Did you hear about that? Well, yeah, they're getting us all ready for the big changes in the economy, the new global economic system, a new economic order, uh, all of that stuff, and also 
You see, Obama's just another front muppet, and the public haven't caught on yet. They'll, 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 they'll hope, they'll live in hope, you see. Right. But he's an establishment man that was picked and groomed for his position. I think he was bred for his position personally, when you go into his mother's history as a revolutionary. Yep. Uh, but uh, look who's backing him. It's all CFR, trilateral, and all the usual uh, players, military-industrial complex. He's, he's their boy. So it doesn't make any difference, you know. Yeah. So when they're talking about the end of an age, then we're we're entering a difficult time period now of uh, probably uh, rebellions and, and that occurring, as you've mentioned, uh, regarding shortages of food and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But when right. they say the end of an age, are they talking about like right now or are they talking about 100 years once they come to the end or the, uh, the perfect person is completed and the great work ends at that point and they live happily ever after? That's pretty well at the end of the 100 years war. Yep. Uh, then they hope to have a brand new system, reduced population, the new types of servant class in an infertile population, except, again, see how that falls right in with Russell and all the rest of these big players that publish their works uh, all over the world in all languages and said that um, uh, they, they, if they could just put their own genes into, the, into a new type and er eradicate the primitive male, in other words, the ones who were going to give them trouble and fight back, um, then they'd have their perfect society. Well, at the end of this hundred years, they'll have that. If, if you can only get good sperm now from two men, young men at 18 years of age out of 10, and even then 85% of their sperm is useless, you can see they've almost reached that target of, of uh, we are a species who's going under, and they've known this, and it's now published openly. Well, how come it took them 50-odd years to come out with their findings, which they knew back in the 1930s, by the way. So basically then it's going to fall right into what their, uh, their time, uh, time yep. frame is, which is uh, the, the end of one age and the beginning of another. I guess this uh, yes. age of Aquarius type mm -hmm. thing is uh, going to come to full uh, fruition at that point. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. And now you see the real reasons why they brought up women's lib prior to hiring, all that stuff. So women technically don't, don't need men around and they're quite happy to get uh, this lot of their maternal instincts, so they want they just order the, the sperm from some donor in another country and pay at a clinic to have its uh, IV uh, fertilization. So uh, it's working perfectly, perfectly. Wow. Well, okay then. Hey, I appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully you can continue on and uh, keep us posted as any developments, and uh, I'll leave you now so that you can uh, go to the next caller. Okay, thanks for coming. Thanks a lot. I've got Tony in Illinois. Are you there, Tony? Hey, Alan. I'm calling from uh, Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, two two Wednesdays ago, we 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 had a uh, chemtrail barrage over the central part of this city. It was just amazing. Yeah. I mean, this was this was like a military operation. Mm -hmm. I walked out of my home about ten thirty, ten in the morning. Noticed this. Okay. And I just kept on going out every fifteen minutes. And later yeah. in the afternoon, I went out to a central area on a high spot in the city, and I saw what was going on. I mean, there was four and five planes up at a time, and I'm not exaggerating this. Yeah. And this is like a military operation. That's over, what it is. Over, excuse, over eight hours? Mm -hmm. I don't know how many flights. Yeah. I lost count. My, you know, my question to you is, how do you think these people could keep, could keep this program under wraps? I mean, they're doing it right in front of your eyes. It's the right in front of your eyes. Well, what they obviously knew before they even started it is that the average person in this day and age, because of TV and everything else, they don't even look up. 
people who lived in the country generally used to always walk out the door and look at the sky. In a city, it's different because you're surrounded by big, tall buildings and so on. And so, in fact, they even look at the sidewalk. It's not safe to look people in the eye sometimes. So they, they understand, too, in the artificial system that we've come into of living inside our, our little home uh, and they, into the car to work and back again, people have, have lost connection with their habitat, their, their natural habitat, which is the open air. And they do not look up. So they, they'd obviously done many studies over the years prior to the intensive uh, daily spraying that we've had for the last 10 years. They were testing this stuff out uh, sporadically in the U.S. and Canada and Britain as far back as the 1950s. But since uh, 1998, we've had pretty well continuous spraying. Yeah. I mean, do you think one of these airplanes, I was looking up at them, you know, in binoculars, with binoculars, they're coming down lower and lower. Okay, yes, and I've are. heard people all yeah. over, you know, on these shows, you know, uh, expressing this observation. Okay, this, this one plane is, most of these, I, I feel, were 767 tankers. And the uh, nozzles, you know, the jet, the nozzles where this stuff was coming out was on the tail fins. Yeah. I mean, this one was low. I saw it. The binoculars, it was not mm -hmm. coming out of the engines. It's coming off the tail fins. That's uh, right. Do you think they're remote controlling? They're flying these planes for, uh, but there's so many in the air, as, as you notice, there's so many when they're doing it with this grid pattern. Uh, you either have a super air force, uh, which no one's taking responsibility for, by the way. Now, Canada does not deny that they don't exist. They just deny that they're there, that they belong to Canada. And so there is a, see, again, this falls in line with what they discussed as far back as the League of Nations creating a world air force. And these aircraft are generally unmarked. They're white in color. We find in Shape of Things to Come from George Orwell, they talked about spraying the skies across the planet uh, by the scientific elite, the Freemasonry of the air, he called themselves and literally gassing the people. Well, they're simply, he didn't dream that up by himself. He, he was a, a very unimaginative man, in fact. He got all his orders from, from those who told him what to write about. So they've been at this for a long time, building up this, this incredible, it's not just the size of, of the Air Force, it's also, they, they must have been working steadily for, for about 40 years, building up the chemicals, the amounts of them to use uh, on the world because this is literally going on across the whole planet. Uh, so that's mind-boggling. But once again, um, you have many side departments of the military that do vet out pilots for their own psychopathic uh, qualities, including special units, and I think that's what we have. But since they signed the, the, I think it was the Open Sky Treaty, and they signed two of them, uh, that's when the heavy spraying started right away and that allows foreign pilots to fly over your airspace, but it also allows those foreign pilots to fly even your, your own air, military aircraft if necessary. That's in the treaty. They never explain to the public the reality of what it's all about. It doesn't make sense. They just want to make sure you're not building military bases. They can do that with spy satellites. So there's another function behind it. So foreign pilots are being used to spray Canada and, and different pilots, for, again, for the U.S., yeah, you know, like I said, I, w I was wondering why there hasn't been a whistleblower, you know, by mm -hmm. one of these pilots. But uh, just just another an, another point here. I mean, the air traffic controllers. Yes. They see these stupid planes up mm -hmm. there. How how have they kept it secret? You understand what I'm saying? You think mm -hmm. all these years, one of these guys 
at these areas. They, they have to tell them to shut up. They're, they're, they are told to shut up. Uh, they're told to ignore them. Uh, initially, these, these spraying craft were at a, at least 30,000 feet. As you see, now they'll come lower, which is so it's right on the air map. It's on the, the travel routes for commercial airlines. It's all worked uh, with the commercial airlines now today. In fact, they replaced a lot of the staff over the last few years to bring in new ones who are sworn to secrecy on this whole project. And uh, it doesn't surprise me because I, when you see exposés of, of what they've shown us happening uh, when they were testing poison gas and nerve agents on Canadian troops by the Canadian Air Force during World War II, it took them 60 years to come clean and say, yeah, we were killing our own people by testing this stuff. Not one pilot who ever took a part in these projects ever came forward and told the public so they can keep secrets to the end. It's, it's just incredible. One last aspect of this, and I, you know, I know I'm going on and on and on, but this is a big thing. This is huge what they're doing. Yes, it is. The, the logistics of actually these planes, where are they, what airports, you know what I'm saying? This metropolitan yep. area here, where are they taking off from in this metropolitan area? And furthermore, the logistics of getting this liquid or whatever they're spraying mm-hmm. out, there has to be, you know, 50, 100, 150 tanker trucks. And yep. in, in the course of a day, what I saw, these things had to be taking off and landing unless... Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. This is amazing. And yet, and yet what you find, too, and I found this in Britain, uh, they were using islands for years, for World War II, to make these special bases for them. They've got lots in the Great Lakes they can use. I'll be back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just before the break there, I was talking about where these bases could be. And when you go through the history of covert operations, they generally use areas that the public don't have access to. And look at the size of the, the country of Canada, for instance, and the states as well. Look at all of the, the land mass that's unused. Most people live along the borders of Canada and the U.S. And you have all this massive, thousands of miles of forest to the north of me, and lakes, and rivers. But they've been using this since even before World War II. Islands are really good places for keeping the public away from inaccessible places. And also, they do have massive underground areas. The standard, very old technique, uh, where they can produce lots and lots of these chemicals, even using underwater aqueducts, if necessary, as literally a test tube where you can mix everything together. There's many ways they've tried in the past for bacterial and chemical warfare. There's lots of information out there that deal with this topic, and that's what is declassified. What is classified will turn us all white overnight, if we knew. Because total war has been declared on the public, the general public. As I said at the beginning of the show, primarily on their main target, their main enemy of bringing in this new, brave new world, and that was the average male. Now we'll go to Will in Philadelphia. Are you there, Will? Good evening, Mr. Alan Watt. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, first, I would like to thank you for extending uh, your your shows and gracing us. And I'd like to make a suggestion, uh, at least once a week, maybe 
I know that's what many other people have done in the past, and it gets monotonous, so I've tried to spare them that. But it's true hamburger meats, especially the low-quality you know, stuff. You can say... It tastes pretty say, awful. Hey, <laughs> hey I, have a, I have a blurb from 2006 called Brain Chips. Go listen to that. Mm-hmm. I listen to your stuff from, from, you know, three years ago, and it's, it's, it's as contemporary as what you're saying today. Yeah. It's maybe not as, as informative and up-to-date, per mm-hmm. se, but, you know, it's as, it's as valid three years ago as it is today. It is. That's what people must realize, that they see they've been brainwashed with new is better, new is better. If they don't know their history, and especially the history of this agenda, they're literally, and I mean it, completely, 100% doomed. Literally. I was, I was listening to, like, a simian servitude from December 2006, and I was blown away by some of the things you were saying. And one of them blurbs, see, I went back. I went back into things I never heard. And one of these, you're talking about uh, Wells and Clark and, and Toynbee. You were just talking about Toynbee the other day, yeah. as well as in the blurbs, and some of the things that the Toynbee said that America will be will set a record for the rise and fall of empires. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, I also wanted to thank you for your inspiration um, in my music. You, you play a big part in my research. And uh, I can't donate yet. I will soon. But for now, all I could do, I made you a MySpace page. Uh, there's no sense of even saying it, except to uh, promote a song. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, and, and thanks for calling. That's, that's the music coming in now. Well, from him, Himish myself, from a very heavily sprayed sky in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.